you're listening to our show right now, and we love you for that. Be sure to subscribe and kindly leave a five-star review to show your support. Alpha Phi Alpha. Alpha Kappa Alpha. Kappa Alpha Psi. Omega Psi Phi. Delta Sigma Theta. Phi Beta Sigma. Theta Phi Beta. Sigma Gamma Rho. Iota Phi Theta. Hi, welcome to Greekly Speaking. I'm Eric, and joining me for this episode is Anthony Candelario of Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. He was initiated into the Alpha Psi chapter in the fall of 1984 at Rutgers University. He has 35 years of dedicated service to the fraternity, and he's currently the president of the Alpha Xi Omega chapter in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Anthony, welcome to Greekly Speaking. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about the fraternity, and uh, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking your time, man. And as always, we know you're not speaking necessarily on behalf of the executive office. You're just speaking as a (laughs) member of the organization, kind of sharing your stories, man. But I wanted to reach out to you because I think we're in one of the same Divine Nine groups out there on social media, and I noticed some of the content that you and some of your uh, fraternity brothers were posting, man, related to community service and activism. And I I said, I had to reach out to this brother because I'm like, man, I don't think you guys are sleeping out there, man. I mean, it's like every five minutes, here's another community service project y'all in the middle of, man. So (laughs) I wanted to touch base with you, man, and, and see how things were going on that front and get a little bit about your Greek background. And so you said you crossed fall 84, huh? Yes, sir. Oh, man. So, so how many people were on your line? There was two. It was two. two. Okay, wow. okay. And you know, I was a deuce. So you know, deuces rule. <laughs> that's what they say. At least that's what all deuces say anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, yeah. hey I, I'm just going to tell you this, though. There, there is only one number that is the most requested number in the whole numerical system. And, What's and, that? And, and every relative you've ever had at any family picnic is always asked for this number. Give me five, man. Give me five. <laughs> anyway, so how'd you make the decision to go to Rutgers, first of all? Well, I grew up, I graduated from Plainfield High School, and my grandmother lived in Somerset, which is like three miles down the road from Rutgers. It was cheaper. It's in-state. It was around, around the corner. And plus, I knew a couple other people from my, my school that went to Rutgers, so it was more of a, a comfort level. Mm-hmm. And went there. Never thought about pledging. That's the furthest from my mind. I was the guy that, you know, I go to school. I was almost like that guy that carried a basketball around all the time. In between <laughs> classes, <clears throat> I'd be at one of the gyms shooting ball, playing a quick pickup game, and then i shoot off to the next class. You know? Okay. And, uh, a couple people approached me, you know, you ever think about pledging IOTA? I, well, I wasn't sure what pledging was at the time. Me being naive, I was thinking pledge. I thought, well, you walk five miles, I'll give you a dollar a mile, here's five dollars. <laughs> You know, I didn't really know that because I'm very naive and green. But um, I went to a couple of events, uh, went to a step show. And back then, uh, step shows were banging back in the day. You're talking about four or 5,000 people coming to a step show from all over the East Coast. They would drive up their buckers. Um, but I had a pledging, you know, went over December 8th, 1984. Um, our line name was Pillars of Strength. And um, I was the White Shadow. 
the White Shadow. Man, how'd you get that name? <laughs> well, you know, don't forget, remember back in the day they had that that the TV show. Remember? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that was about the basketball guy, right? So you yeah. always hooping. So there you go, man. How'd your family react when they heard that you wanted to to join a fraternity? They didn't really know much about it, to be honest with you. You know, most of the guys from my generation, a lot of times, we were the first person to really graduate from college in a way. So it was a different time, you know. And I think what happened is just going to school was more important. And I think them not knowing what it was about wasn't that big a deal to them at the time. Um, the one thing I used to get all all the time, and I'm always honest with you, Eric. I was going to be honest straight up. Uh, you know, why is that white guy pledging a black fraternity? You know, and there's always been something that's been around for a long, long time. And so what happens? I'm half Italian, half Puerto Rican, but I look more white than Puerto Rican. But what happened in my last three years in high school? I was actually homeless for a little bit for like six months, and one of my best friends was African American. Their family took me in. And they had like six, seven kids already. So I became their the, the eighth. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> I, I, listen, it was four of us in the bedroom. You know, we slept and they, they, they took me in. So when I went to Rutgers, it wasn't anything of a, you know, I didn't look at anybody specifically as color. I just looked at, I grew up a different way. And so to me, it was more natural. So when I went to some of these events, and we just part of my last three, four years prior to coming to college. And as people got to know me and see my, uh, I guess, my sincerity, they kind of put two and two together. That, that's a deep story, man. And it's great that you, you were able to find a home outside of a home, so to speak. So once you got to Rutgers, were there other fraternities on the campus? What drew you to IOTA in particular? I mean, at that time, everybody was doing their thing there. Everybody was strong. I mean, back then, you know, we wasn't part of the pan hell because we were in the beginnings, you know, with beginning stages. But everybody did a great job up there. And I would have to say, you know, a lot of the other orgs actually reached out to us, helped us out a lot. Uh, there was a couple of times where we needed rent rooms. And because we were new on the yard, because we started the yard, it started in 83. So I was the, the uh, 84. You know, we had we still trying to get the proper paperwork and making sure we could do this and that. And a lot of other orgs would rent a room for us to have meetings or even to have some events. And I think what happens is we didn't have that divisiveness, you know. And um, I'm kind of, I'll be honest, they're all there and they were all starting, they all kind of respected each other. We all did our own thing, um, you know, we all had our stereotypes, but Iona didn't really have a, a, a you didn't have to fit a certain mold. And I think that's what it was like, like, you know, I'm not a pretty boy, you know. I, you know, I try to be, but I'm not a pretty boy, you know. But I think what happens is that um, you could be very unique. And I always had a very uniqueness about them. And if you had 20 brothers on the yard, all 20 were completely different. And I think that's what drew me to them. It still draws me to, the, to this day. Now, I don't, I know it's a stereotype, and we're not, you know, but for me personally, I could just be me. I didn't have to change myself. I didn't have to look a different way or act different after I went over. I've done several of these sessions, and, and it amazes me how unique that the response to that question actually is, and man, and, and the sincerity that you hear, and the voices of the people that share their stories, man, it is awesome. It makes you reflect, you know, so why did you actually join your organization? I mean, that's a deep story, because we know that joining is one part of it. You know, the, the initiation process is one part, but the work starts, you know, once you actually become a member, man. And, right. and, and that's what, I, I mean, 
when you look at um, some of the activities that you brothers have been involved in recently, man, it's amazing. And, and, and one thing that really struck me recently, I think yesterday I saw someone post several iotas holding up a sign dedicating to Brianna Taylor. So I thought that was pretty poignant in, in, in this day and time that you, you recognize what's going on in the community because you guys, you're all about the activism anyway, right? Right. Cause we found it in 1963 and you know that that time a lot of turbulence and you know at that time it was you know we started out a lot of the the one thing that's very unique to us is um uh, we still have families that are still alive and so i'm able to to sit with them and, and i get that living history you know i get it from the from themselves you know from their mouths and um i mean last year i'm in north carolina at a national meeting i'm sitting with two founders you know, I'm sitting with the guy on the first line in 1964, the 15 centaurs, Dan Henson. And I didn't want the night to end. And I'm doing that for two to three nights. And, and why, why are colors brown and gold? Or why do we do this? Or why is this on the shield? And I don't have to read it in a book. And I think that's very unique, the fact that we have the opportunity. I actually have a several you know, hats and shirts that are signed by the founders. And, you know, and like literally signed by them and I got them framed. And to me, that's like a history. And I'm, and I'm kind of stressed to the younger brothers that, hey, this is living history. This is why we do this. This is why the processes start this way. This is what they're reasoning behind it and trying to make it relevant. It's kind of ironic because, you know, in 63, we had a time of turbulence. And then in 84, when I went, you know, crossed, um, apartheid was here in South Africa. And they said, you can't make a difference. So I know, not, and then it was up with all the org, all the Greek organization, the other organizations on campus. Um, we used to sleep outside the student center on cardboard. We'd bring out mattresses. Uh, we slept 24 hours straight, seven days a week to try to make a change. Because you know what happens is you want to have the, the visual look of a protest. And that's fine. And that you need that. It makes changes economically. And it's an economic boycott. And I think we need to do a better job of that because as, you know, if it's all the fraternities are based historically in the black community, you have a lot of power. And we need to be able to utilize that and make change. I agree 100%, man. You have to really be able to focus on what's happening in the community to know um, what improvements need to be made. What I noticed was when you're posting your content, you don't necessarily do it in a boastful way. A lot of times there's, there's not any comments behind it. It's just the, the imagery and it's powerful, man, because a picture's worth a, a, a thousand words. And, and I hope it inspires members of other organizations and other individuals to continue to, to work like that, man, because that's what we need. It's making a difference. And I think right now, strong individuals such as yourself are leading by example. I think that inspiration comes from all the other orgs too. You know, I mean, I can't take credit for that. I think some of the things we do are very unique. And if it inspires somebody else, another org, whether it's Greek or non-Greek, that's awesome. That's what we want it to be. But I also think there's a lot of things I see in Facebook and social media that I'm able to see and piggyback on it and maybe we can fit in as I unify theta. And, but a lot of inspiration comes from them too. So indirectly, they may not realize it, but I see things on Facebook that they do or how they post or when they post and how they do things that I write down and try to implement when it's right for us. And that's why when I see something like um, one of your brothers, Councilman Epps, 
who works for the East Orange Police Department out there. I put a shout out to him there. He's out there almost every weekend, you know, helping us out with the traffic and making sure everything is in accordance to what it should be. But um, when I see another group, my job and my responsibility is to promote all of us. And if I promote Iota Phi Theta only, I'm doing a disservice because I have people out there from other sororities or fraternities that can help us. And I think we need to uplift each other. We have a couple civic game and roles that come through and they actually prepare food for other people in the city that come through the line. We have a few deltas that come through. So whenever I get the opportunity to give them a shout out, they're getting one from me. That's what it's about. But each star is every Saturday, you know, we're giving out that the produce, you know, from 8.30 to 11 in the morning. And um, the cars are lined up around the corner. We had 25 to 30 brothers coming out at times. Brothers are coming out of Woolworth, the pledge in the 70s, that lived in the area, they didn't realize it. If he's not continuing to post, because we have different brothers are coming out at different times. And because of that, uh, right now, we're able to use that almost as a recruitment tool. So on the grad level, we've been able to get an, uh, one or two brothers that interested in joining the grad chapter. We've also been able to get prospects out there, people that may be interested on the undergrad level and grad level to come out there, participate, ask questions, see if this is a right fit for you. You know what I mean? Because it has to be a two-way street. As much as we want to recruit brothers, they have to want us just as much. And I think seeing us in action has been a great way because we've been able to serve the community, uh, rehash old stories, uh, use it as a recruitment tool because it's been working well. And right now we have an intake, a summer intake. We have one person that is joining our grad chapter right now. I possibly have another one in the fall. So this COVID time, we've been able to, to push forward even more. You know, and anybody could do well when times are good. You know what I mean? I, I equate it to someone offering me a ride. Well, when I, my car is running, you're offering me a ride. That really don't help me. I need you to help me when I don't have a car and you have to come out of your way to give me that ride. And the point I'm trying to make is that ooh, this is a time where we leaders have to shine and show themselves and not hide in a corner. Your health is always first. Your family is always first. What I'm saying is that if you have the opportunity to be socially distanced and serve the community in a positive way, let's take advantage of this opportunity. That's beautiful, man. To see the impact that you all are having in your community, what impact would you say joining IOTA Phi Theta has had on your life? Well, you know, I have, I have three sisters. I don't have any brothers. So I think another reason joining was the fact that I didn't have any brothers growing up. So that they're able to have people you can hang out with, talk to, laugh with, party with, and do positive things was really a blessing for me. Um, I'm the type of person, I'm very um, active, uh, I'm very social. You know, I like to be out there, obviously. But uh, it's been a t- tremendous influence on me. And I think that I could never repay the fraternity what it's given me. And I wish I could, but I can't. You know what's interesting, uh, Eric, is the fact that we now have legacy. We have brothers that have sons that are actually pledging IOTA. When I first pledged, I'm not thinking about that. You know, the other fraternities are very fortunate because they have their long history. And so the fact that we're able to have that now is a very positive thing for us because now I see more of the fathers and the sons together. And we actually, we have a father-son combination in our chapter now. So it's very unique now for it. Not unique overall, but for Iota Phi Theta, 
it's one of those things that I, you know, I smile about, take my, a lot of pride in. Hey, as well, you should. It's a beautiful thing when someone notices the good that you're doing and, and, and they decide that's something that they want to be a part of as well, which kind of brings me to the next question. If you were to meet someone who's considering going Greek, you know, whether it's fraternity or sorority, what advice would you give to them? I would have given research. Me personally, I would give it links of where to go to. Um, I think they want to join Greek, whether it's a, a young lady, a young man, I think that um, expose them to everybody because you have to find what's the right fit for you. And I think that if someone came to me and I thought the right fit was Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, I would push them to a lot of brothers that I know that had contact them. Obviously, I'm always looking to recruit Phi Yoda Phi Theta. Okay, you know, that's, what, that, that's my job. I'm going to recruit. But the big picture is the fact that they joined Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Guess what? We still all win. And I think that's the big picture. It's not about being selfish because there's enough people out there that we'd be able to recruit and grow. Um, but I think we all need to grow by being fair. You know, show them what the other fraternities are doing. Show them what the other sororities are doing that it benefits. And if you're interested in this or you're interested in two or three of them, well, here's contact people. Talk to them personally. Because sometimes talking to them personally is one aspect. Another thing is seeing the links. Find them on um, social media and see what fits for them. It's like, I would say it's like wearing, a, you know, I don't know, a pair of shoes. You know, find your flavor, whether it's Stacey Adams or something else. Find what fits you. But if you're going to wear it, go all the way. And my advice to them is join a Greek organization or non-Greek. It don't have to be non-Greek. It could be anything they feel that they're able to do some type of uh, positive influence, whether it's NWACP, the local, you know, the local chapter. But give it all you have. Because if you're not giving all you have, then don't join at all. What are some of the initiatives that you're looking to incorporate into your chapter? Well, probably the biggest one right now is called the IOTA Youth Alliance. It's a young men's club. And we would try to tutor, mentor them from preferably sixth, seventh grade throughout high school. We have that in the Midwest. I want to initiate that more on the East Coast, be more of a uh, benefit to our communities. I go to a lot of meetings, especially on the Panhandle. We have these joint events, and I see the Sigmas and the Kappas be rolling in with the young men, and they're becoming like 20 deep sometimes. I'm like, look at these dudes coming in here rolling, and they be sharp, and they be dressed to the T with the proper uniforms on, and and they're being exposed, whether it's um, recruitment to colleges or how to write a resume or even how to use a computer. Because nowadays, more and more people are having laptops at home and this and that. Or trying to get them the proper information, like they may not have Wi-Fi or they may need internet for this to be useful. So I think watching the Sigmas and the Gaffas and, you know, and the other orgs come in with that is like, it's actually getting inspiring me to do more. Right now we're in the beta stages, but... Hopefully, we have this rolled out by October, November. The reason we don't have it rolled out now is because of the virus. And some of the access to the schools are limited. And right now, we're working with the Mercer County Boys and Girls Club. Uh, but if anybody in the area of New Jersey is looking for a young men's club to have their and the kids teach from sixth grade to, to 12, um, please hit me up. We're looking to make this a big thing, you know. And then I want to be able to show Eric that, you know what, this is what we're doing here. And not only that, I want this to grow to the fact that, you know what, you know, man, I remember him talking about that. And now we have 100 kids or 
80 kids, whatever the number may be. I want that to be part of my legacy. So when I'm not around, I want people to say, hey, they heard it or really speaking with Eric. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, you know what? It's all about the mentorship, man. Been engaged and involved, the parents, find out what some of their, their needs are and their concerns. You know, it takes a village. We know that. And a lot of our communities don't necessarily have that, that strong male figure. Figure out how you guys could stand in and, and, and provide some of that type of resource, you know, in, in those communities. And I think you're going to be fine, man. If, if what I see you posting so far is any indication, I think it's going to be a success. So all you need is the, is the kids to understand that it's available. And, and I'm sure you have no problem being a positive influence in their lives, man. Well, we're working on it. Um, you know, every year we give out um, scholarships. And, um, you know, as a fraternity, you know, we're always looking for the, the young men. Because we're a fraternity. We're supposed to watch out for the young men. But, you know, last year we had a number of um, applications. And so we, we had three three scholarships we gave out. And two of the three actually went to ladies. And uh, and someone asked me about that. They said, they said yo, they, they call me Candy. Candelaria, hey, what's up, Candy, Candy Man, whatever. Like, Kenny, why would you do that? I said, listen, our job is uplift young people, right? Now, as a fraternity, we want to look out for the men first, but these two women were just out of the world. I mean, what what they're about, what they're doing, uh, how they're doing it. I mean, one just finished their first year at Howard uh, University and another one at University of Delaware, and they've just been outstanding to the point where it's like, we have to get a mindset that we can't be pigeonholed or stuck in a box. So part of my thinking is that, you know, the young people, the young women of color, we should be watching out for them also. And they're the best qualified applicant. You know what? So be it. Maybe, you know, and that's what we did as a fraternity. We decided this chapter. Let's give it to the best applicant. And since then, I can't tell you. Um, how pleased and how successful they are. And one, uh, uh, Kayla Jefferson, she's out there, and she actually went overseas her first semester, uh, uh, I guess, study abroad. And she's riding camels and doing things and learning things that we could only read in a textbook. So I think what's happening is that thinking outside the box. And those are the type of things that are, where we are about. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because I think it's something we need to think about. You know, it's not just men, it's the women also. And, and, and if sororities have somebody that we can benefit, provide a young man with something on our end, we ask them to, you know, hit me up, send me an email, call me, uh, text me, or hit me on Facebook, and let's get this going. Last question for me, man. So if there's a, a young man in that central New Jersey area that's interested in joining IOTA Phi Theta. Where should they go to get started to get more information? Well, you know what? They can contact me uh, with my, you know, my email, which is acandelario514 at gmail.com. And what we do a lot of times, we'll set up information, we'll set up calls, uh, we'll do a conference call via Zoom or WebEx, and we'll give them information and see what they're looking for. And what's the reason they want to join? And I think letting them know that long-term networking is probably the biggest reason to joining besides the community service and other aspects, but networking. There was a good question that was on Facebook not too long ago. Would you list your fraternity or sorority on your resume? Is it a yes or a no? 
you know, going back and forth. And then, you know, I, I, I responded yes. A lot of people responded yes. But I think um, being part of a fraternity sorority is part of the networking also. A lot of times what happens, you're going for a job. Or, and a lot of times everything looks about the same. You got 20 resumes, 15 resumes, or maybe 10, whatever the case may be. It could be very equal. But if you want to find the insight, uh, the soul of a person, and you see someone part of a Greek organization, right away, your first impression is that they're giving up time, they're volunteering, uh, they're part of something that's very positive, you know, and that, that, that should kind of tell you what this person is about because the same person, if you're hiring somebody, May, you may have a, a, a you know a panel or a council or things that's outside a job that's part of the job but outside that this person could be a good fit for. So it's not just the job itself; it's the overall picture. And I think we should be listening out on the resume because it's a positive. I can tell you stories and stories of how people have submitted a resume, gone for interviews, and guess who's interviewing them? Another Greek. So sometimes, you know, you could have a brother for Phi Beta Sigma going for a job interview and a, a young lady for Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated interviewing them, you know? Or, and, and that's how it works. And those are the type of things is that, you know, as we go down the road, we should be looking out for each other. And I'm not saying just give me the job because I'm Greek. <laughs> but I'm saying that if you look at the big picture, the way society is, People watch out for their own. So if you have somebody's qualified, okay, and they meet your personal requirements as for the company and they agree, you know, we we have to do the same thing. We need to be watching out for our own. And you know, whether some people may not agree with that, I'm telling you, we need to watch out for our own because every other corporation out there, whatever field they may be, is doing the same thing. Powerful words, well spoken. Anthony, right shadow. <laughs> The Deuce, Fall 84, Iota Phi Theta. I love it. Hey, thank you for sharing your story with us here on Greekly Speaking, man. We wish you and your chapter the best of success. Keep doing what you're doing. You're making some positive impacts that people can definitely see. And I'm sure those folks that are receiving the produce appreciate everything you're doing, man. If you have anything going on, any activities, definitely let us know about it so we can help you promote it, okay? I definitely will. And listen, um, I, I truly appreciate you taking the time and, and giving me the invite for today. Uh, that means a lot because I think you being a uh, member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, doing your thing is very positive. And I think that we need to promote you and say, hey, this is what this brother is doing. He's promoting everybody. We need more brothers like you. And the fact that you're 1986, you're old school like me, I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, anything we can do to help promote that positive energy you guys have going on, definitely let us know, man. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Oh, absolutely. You be good. Have a great week.